This is Cami, And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number six. And we have an easy fix for coming up with ideas for the perfect community. Let's do it. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? So, Cami. How do we choose an audience or community base? That is such a great question, Madeline. It's important to know who your audience is and who you help. So one of the first things that I do or have done as a marketer is I think about who I would like to reach. That's one way that marketers think about things. But you may say, I don't really know. I don't have a following. I really don't have a list. I have no product. You even might say something like, well, Cami and Madeline, that might work for you, but I'm not sure that's going to work for me and what I do because I'm a B2B person or I don't have the kind of following you do, or I don't have any money to get started or whatever those thoughts are that are running through your mind. We're going to ask you just to hold those down for just the next 20 minutes and give us the benefit of the doubt. Cool. Sounds good to me. Okay, cool. All right. So it all boils down to who do you help? So I have a really great formula for that. And what you want to do is think about who it is you want to help. And when you think about it like that, like who are you helping rather than who do you want to buy from you? It's a little bit easier, I think, to come up with an idea. So who do you help? What do you do to help them? And what result are you going to give them when you do that for them? Now, this sounds really easy when I say it, but when you do the actual formula, it actually takes some time. So I will tell you that both Madeline and I have spent some time on this I would say I've spent hours thinking about this over the years. But what I've boiled down to is this. I help business leaders, my audience, to harness the power of social media, what I do, so that they can make a difference by connecting with their community to get better results. Now, I could have just said so they can get better results. I added that little piece in there of making a difference by connecting with their community, because to me, that's super important. I'm a community builder, and that's what I want to do. I want to help my clients build their community. So you guys who are listening right now, you are my client. Okay. So I'm going to help you do that. So I asked uh, Madeline to also share hers with us. So Madeline, could you tell me what your yours is? Yeah. So I help social media marketers and business owners exponentially grow their brand in an authentic and impactful way so they can get seen and heard. I mean, that is what I'm all about. I want to help people get noticed, get seen. I think it is so hard to have that happen on social media. It's easy to go and get on there and just push out content all day long, but to actually get seen and heard, that's a whole other thing. So that's how I spend my time. I really like working with my fellow social media marketers that are trying to get to where I'm at, at the level I'm at, and business owners, entrepreneurs, and startups. It's it's really rewarding work, Cami. I know you and I both do like really great work with a goal of helping people. Yeah, so that's awesome. So what I would do is, you know, after this podcast is over, sit down and really spend some time on that formula. Really, it is who you help. Again, I'm going to say it. What audience is that? Or who is that? Who are those people? Think of them as people like specifically and be as specific as possible. 
I love how Madeline talks about social media marketers and business owners. I talk about business leaders because I really work with people that are trying to lead the way out there in their businesses. And then you want to talk about what you do. I harness the power of social media. That could be more specific even than that, but this is a process, people. And then what do you do and what result do you help them get? Well, I help them get better business results by harnessing the power of their communities. Madeline helps them be seen and heard in an impactful and an authentic way. So what is it that you do? Who are you helping? And what is the result you're going to give them? So that would be step number one, I would say, of this whole process, right? Absolutely. It's so very well put. You really want to think about your avatar. I mean, that's really what this is. Who is your avatar? Who are you trying to help? And niching down is so important. Kami, I'm sure you get this all the time because I do. When I first work with somebody, they want to help the world. They want to say, who's your customer? Everybody. It's like, it doesn't work. Like, like niche it down, know exactly who you're trying to reach. What is it you're trying to do? And then figure out who you're trying to reach. Absolutely. Because when you talk to everybody, you talk to nobody. I was just going to say that. We think so much alike. <laughs> but that's so true. That statement is so incredibly true. And also, let me just tell you, when you talk to specific people, like as if you're thinking of a specific person sitting in front of you, then other people will also hear that and join in. So you may get people that aren't in your specific, as Madeline's calling it, an avatar, but you want to think of that one person because that makes you personable. It makes you clear. It makes your copy sing. All of that happens whenever you're very specific and focused. So that's step number one. Step number two. Well, obviously you're going to have to find them out there somewhere. Once you've decided who you're talking to, how am I going to find business leaders? Where could they be? Um, Especially (laughs) if you're working in social media, it becomes a little bit easier because we have some tools for you, don't we, Madeline? We have a lot of great tools at our disposal, which really is helpful if you know what they are. So this is a really important step. And let's start with Facebook ads. I mean, Facebook ads, are a great way to do this. What are your thoughts on that, Kami? Do you use Facebook ads much? I do. And in fact, it's some of the ways that I've done all kinds of marketing to find specific people. And what's great about Facebook ads is you can use them. Not Don't think of them as an ad, like a sales ad, but like a content ad, like a content boost, if you will. If you go in, you can actually create an ad and target it to specific people, specific job titles, even specific actions that they've taken. So you know, if you have a travel blog, like I do, we can actually go in and look at people who've traveled to the state of Texas in the last 48 hours and, you know, target them. So they're in the state, they're traveling. It's a good place to like, let them know, Hey, come and check out what we are talking about, about finding great places to travel in Texas or places to go or places to eat or whatever. If you are a, like us, a social media marketing, that space is very saturated right now with Facebook ads. So I do think that you can stand out by specifically focusing on things like content. So, you know, really great articles, really great posts and all that kind of stuff. And lead magnets. I mean, I think lead magnets are a great way to do this. So one really good tactic, Cami, is to do a lead magnet with your Facebook ads. And, you know, you hear about this all the time, like uh, like a sales funnel, right? Like, so you have a lead magnet, it draws them in with the Facebook ad and you can build a mailing list this way. Yeah, I know it is. It's a great way to build a mailing list. You know, make sure you have something of value. And actually, if you target the people that you think you're trying to help and they don't respond, it also is telling you something. See, you don't have to spend a lot of money on Facebook ads to do this, by the way. You can actually do a Facebook ad about your lead magnet and see if it actually draws people in. And if it doesn't, then try a different topic and see if that might do something a little bit better. So tweak things 
you don't have to spend a lot of money on that. You can do a $5 ad spend and get a pretty good validation of whether they care about that idea or don't care about that idea in a pretty short period of time, like say 48 hours or so. Yeah, great idea. And then there's Twitter bios. I mean, Twitter bios, uh, you can gather lots of information. I use Manage Flitter for that, which is a great tool, manageflitter.com. I don't think you can do it with a free account. I have a pro account and I'm pretty sure it's the pro account where you can pull all this information. So I do it from the bios where I'll do a search and I'll do specific keywords that's going to look for in the Twitter bio. What do you use? I use Follower Wonk, which is a Moz product, although I don't know where it's going on there. They may be actually selling that product, but it's a great product in the sense that you can look at exactly what you said. You can search Twitter bios and see who comes up with those Twitter bios. Um, you can also see, and, and there's different levels of the service. There's a free service, and then there's like the more advanced service, but you can also see how audiences overlap. You can look how your audience might overlap with somebody else that you're kind of wanting to be in the same space with. So you can kind of see how your two different audiences overlap and you can actually follow some of the people in their audience too directly from follower wonk if you have the paid account. So it's also a really yeah. cool way to do it. And you could take that and put them into a Twitter list so you could kind of organize it that way right yes. into Twitter. So yes. that's cool. Love mm-hmm. it. And I also think advanced Twitter search might help you with some of that. Oh, yes. Oh, that's absolutely. Way, right? advanced search. Yeah, advanced search is great. I highly recommend it. Let me let me give you the link real quick. And this is something you definitely want to bookmark. There's so much you can do with Twitter's advanced search. And I think it's so underutilized is twitter.com slash search and then a little hyphen, little dash advanced with an ED on the end. So twitter.com slash search dash advanced. Bookmark that now because that's going to come in handy for sure. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And that's the freeway, right? So I think that managed Flitter and and uh, follower walk and others are actually using that advanced search and like putting it on their own, you know, their own spin on it. So yeah, definitely make sure you're looking at, at that. So and then another thing that I would say that works really well is hashtags, you know, on both on Facebook and I mean, I mean, not Facebook, on Twitter and on Instagram, hashtags work really great to find audience members. So, you know, we talk about Twitter chats, that's a good way to find an audience that all care about similar things. Certainly, uh, finding those are a little bit more interesting. How do you find like, is there a list out there of hashtags for Twitter chats and people that are keeping track of that? How do you find Twitter chats? Yeah, Twitter chats, you know, it's really interesting because there's really not one directory that's like the directory. You you would think that there would be, and unfortunately, there's not. So I kind of took it upon myself to create my own list. That is what I call the best Twitter chats for social media and marketing. So if you're looking for chats in those areas, go to my site, madelinesklar.com and put a slash chat list. I'll have all this in the show notes. All these links that Kimmy and I are talking about will be in the show notes, but madelinesklar.com slash chat list will take you to a list and I'm growing this list. So if you know of a Twitter chat that fits into this, let me know and I'll add it. But what I recommend, Cami, is to just go do a Google search. It's the best way to find uh, Twitter chats because there's not very many lists out there like mine. So Google search and also just some word of mouth. You'll you'll like be surfing Twitter and you'll see people posting tweets with, with the hashtag over and over. And that's a great way to like, oh, 
there's a Twitter chat. I find lots of Twitter chats that way. Yeah, I know there's a big one for librarians. So would you do something like librarian Twitter chat or banker Twitter chat? I would Google that. Okay. I would Google and I would try different variations. I would first type in librarians Twitter chat, go to Google. And if that didn't really help me, then I would flip it around and just try different variations of those words until you find what you're looking for. Now, sometimes when you do Google searches for Twitter chats, you'll find information that looks really helpful, but then you go do research further and it's outdated information, but it can be a very good start. So I recommend going that route. Plus, then you'll also find some hashtags because even if a um, Twitter chat isn't happening anymore, sometimes people still use the hashtag. That's what happened yeah. with Global Chat, for example, with Anne Nguyen, for, I think, is a good example of, of that, right? Yeah, she, there was a, a really popular Twitter chat called Mobile Chat, went on for a couple of years. I used to go on there, put on by these two guys, and their company got busy, which was awesome. So they stopped it, and Anne approached them, I would say maybe it was about six months later, and said, hey, do you mind if I take it over? And they said, sure. And she's been growing it so well for at least a year now. So kudos to her for doing that. That's just, you know, I always tell people like, hey, you know, if there's not a Twitter chat for what you're looking for out there, start your own. You know, there's there's no harm in starting your own. If there's already one out there that's similar to what you want to do, do your own variation of it. I'm the only one doing a Twitter chat that's specifically Twitter tips, but you could certainly start your own and just have your own take on it. So that's okay to do. Yeah, it totally is. And there are some really great tools out there. And I'm not going to go into all of them for finding different kinds of hashtags, especially for Instagram and like related hashtags and stuff like that. And I have a few that I can actually share with everybody. So I'll give them to you to put in the show notes, but come over to our, definitely come over to communities that convert.com and check out the show notes on this one, because I'm going to pull together a little list of some great hashtag tracking tools that I've used in the past that I think are, you know, free or nearly free. So that'd be great. And there's also some great apps for that too. So Anyway, yeah. hashtagify, hash me. That's why I'm not going to go crazy because there's a, there's a few there's of them. Lots. There's a few of them. Yeah. So I'll pull the ones that I like then that I like the most right now. So that being said, you know, hashtags are a great way to find communities and and people that are already talking about the issues that you might be interested in, the people that might be interested in what you do. But we talked in a in a couple of um, episodes ago about how to be a good community member. So make sure you listen to that. You can't just jump in and start selling your stuff. So I would say, make sure you listen to episode four, I think it was for that, right? I think so. And you know, you can go to our website, communitiesatconvert.com. We have all the episodes in there and you can listen right in the show notes. So that if you can just subscribe to us, we're in iTunes. I just want a little sidebar here, iTunes and SoundCloud, Stitcher. We're going to get into iHeartRadio soon, but you can also listen right in the show notes, communitiesatconvert.com. Cool. So um, that being said, once you have a hashtag and you start to see people or you go and you, you get some things off of, uh, get some information off of Facebook and you've done all that, then you need to choose which social media channels you're going to be talking to your audience or your people in. Like, where is that community going to be? Are you going to join a community? Are you going to be starting a community? But what, what area? So are you going to be on LinkedIn? Are you going to be on Twitter, Facebook? I know some of my uh, clients only work with LinkedIn because that's really where their audience is. Whereas, you know, others are very into Facebook and Facebook groups and all of that kind of thing. And then some are on Twitter and only Twitter and they all feel so people have different feelings about these different platforms. You need to find out where your community 
the people that you're trying to help are hanging out the most. Yes. Always go to where they're at for sure. Sorry. And I've moved from things. I, you know, I've moved from certain platforms to other platforms. So over the years, yeah, my community. And that's okay. That's okay. Like, I'm not a fan of LinkedIn groups because back in the early days of LinkedIn groups, they were terrible. They were spammy. And I just never went back. You know, they're just not for me. And maybe that's bad. Maybe it's bad that I'm not over at LinkedIn, but I prefer Facebook groups. I think Facebook groups are a great way to connect with people. Well, actually over in LinkedIn, where it's at right now is really putting out content on your blog there. And then people are, co- yes. are doing comments there. So that that LinkedIn still has commenting going on, which is yeah, I do. Amazing. I do that. I do. I think that's a great way to connect. I, I, I think LinkedIn oh. is a great tool and I do go over there and I do post my articles in there. I think if, you know, if you've got articles, if you have a blog, post them over on your LinkedIn because it's a great way to connect with right. people. Right. And so once you find them and you are starting to to pull them together, um, Madeline was talking a little bit earlier about lead magnets, which is really important. It's another way to find them, but it's also a way to build your list, your email list, right? So that becomes the most important thing in my mind. Once you have a group of people that you're talking with online, how do you get them into your email so that you can have a more intimate, more direct conversation with these people over specifics. So building an email list becomes like huge. And I will say that it was really hard for me to like adopt this particular mindset for email because I really don't like email myself. So I was like, why would people want more email? What's, what's up with that? But I have found a certain love for email, especially if you have the kind of email that delivers huge amounts of value to people. So right. what is some of the tips you have for building an email list? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm a huge fan of Rebecca Radice and she just started this brand new email newsletter. I'll put it in the show notes because I don't have the name of it off the top of my head, but she actually has a name for it. And it is packed with value, Cammie. It is so good. I emailed her and I said, this is so great. Thank you for doing this. So I think it's important to know what to put out there because you got to provide value. If you don't provide value, then people are not going to care they're not going to, you know, you could certainly draw them in with a great lead mm-hmm. magnet, but if you don't continuously provide great value, they're not going to stay. And, you know, you want to know what are their pain points? What what can you do to help solve their pain points? And you can offer a challenge. I'm doing it. I have to tell you this, Kami. I'm doing a challenge right now. I cannot draw at all. Like I can draw stick people and that's it. And yesterday on my Twitter Smarter Chat, this lady came on and she direct messaged me and we had this great conversation. And she has a place, she does courses, it's called the Doodle Institute. I kid you not, the (laughs) Doodle Institute. And she's doing this thing called the 21 Doodle Day Challenge. And it starts today, like this was yesterday and it starts today. I'm like, wow, that's like amazing timing. And uh, I signed up, it's free. And I told her, I said, I need this. I've always wanted to learn how to, like, I'll be happy if I could doodle draw, like doodling is fun. And so I'm taking this and it's a challenge is, you know, she's doing this as a challenge. I'm doing another challenge through a podcast I listened to called, what is it called? The one I'm blanking. I'll put it in the show notes. The one thing I think it's what it's called. And they said that they got up to 66 episodes and they said, let's start a 66 day challenge. If you're new to this podcast and I'm new to it, go back to the beginning, listen to one every single day. They even have a worksheet, which I printed up. Yeah, here it is. The 66 day challenge. And I have it and I've been doing this every single day. I'm so proud of myself because they strongly believe it takes 66 days to develop a habit. 
And so I think this is a neat way. So they're, they're helping me by offering a challenge that helps me. But a mini course can be yeah. really helpful. You know, what can you do to solve pain points to get them into your list? Yeah, and I love uh, Rebecca's uh, email too. She's got that daily social media checklist. That's what it's called, right? The daily social media checklist. Is that what she's doing with you? I think that's what one of the uh, lead magnets, I don't think that was actually, because there was actual name cool. for right. it. I'll have to find it and put it into the show notes. I mean, because she has all different kinds of, yeah, she's got checklists she's, and all kinds amazing. of things you can she's sign amazing. up for. So yeah, so building an email list is huge. And I love the challenge idea. I love the mini course idea. We're going to have to do a challenge for this podcast. I, now my mind is all yes. bubbling up here, but we also have like uh, calls to action at the end of each one. So we're going to have one here too today. So building an email list is really important. How to determine their needs. So once you are starting to build an email list, that's when you can actually find out what people need from you. So as they come in, you can also see how they came in. They came in through this challenge or this way. So that resonated with them or that resonated with them. But once they're on your email list, you can offer them some other things to kind of figure out who they are. So one of the things I really like is ConvertKit, which is a email program that I use, allows me to put in little hooks, they call them, where I ask somebody a question, are you this, this, or this? And people can click on it. So I can say, are you a, a new entrepreneur? like somebody who just started a business? Or are you somebody who's had a business for a long time and you just want more tips about how to do social media better? Or number three, are you a person who is an expert at social media and you're just looking for like a community that's going to keep you accountable? You know, and people can click on the one that they they like and then you can put them in that bucket. And I'll tell you, segmentation is where it's at because if you can talk directly to the people about their specific challenge then they aren't going to like, first of all, drop you, drop off your list. Number two, they're going to feel like you're talking directly to them, which is what we want. And number three, you're probably when you get to a sales presentation or something that you're offering, they're going to be much more willing to buy it because it's specifically connected to what they need. So I think that that kind of segmentation is really important. And we had, there's a really great book about asking your audience too. So could you talk about Ryan's book and just kind of that, yeah, Ryan Levesque. And I, I first heard about him uh, several years back and, and uh, Pat Flynn talks about him all the time. So Ryan Levesque has a book called Ask the Counterintuitive Online Formula to Discover Exactly What Your Customers Want to Buy, Create a Massive Raving Fans, and Take Any Business to the Next Level. I know it's a mouthful, but it's a really great book. And segmentation is a great tactic to use to help you with this. Pat Flynn did a presentation on this last year at Social Media Marketing World, and it is mind-blowing where I'm on his mailing list. And what he did a few years ago is he wanted to segment them and use ConvertKit for it. So at the end of the email, he said, please click on one of the following. And it was very simple. Like one was, if you are a brand new you know, entrepreneur or you're trying to start a business, you know, click here. If you have a business, but you could use some help, click here. I, I'm just, I don't just know if these were the exact, but it was close. Right. Exactly. And then one is like for me is I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, and I make money with my business. So I click that one. So what he's doing is he's giving me very specific content based on that because that is, you know, he's going to fill my needs for that. Why send me stuff for the beginner entrepreneur? I don't need that. I've been an entrepreneur for 21 years. I don't need the beginner stuff. So it's a great strategy 
Highly recommend right. And it. then the other part that I think is really interesting, and this is a really easy way to do it. Like say you're thinking, I don't really have a big list. Nobody's ever going to click. One thing you can do also is just start getting on the phone with some of these people. Like, you know, if you meet them in Twitter, yes. on a Twitter chat, and you kind of connect, get on the phone with them and say, Hey, I'd love to talk to you. And maybe we can offer each other some help and then talk to each other and then listen to their language. One of the things that I've done a lot is give out free, you know, 15 to 20 minute and maybe even 30 minute coaching sessions, or at least co-coaching even saying, Hey, can we coach each other? And then I listen to what people say and write it down or ask them if I can even record what they're saying. I won't use it in ads or anything, but that I can record what they're saying. And then later that language, you can bring that language back without attributing it obviously to the person, but you can use that language in your marketing sales copy and all kinds of things. So that 30 minutes that you're giving to somebody else actually is worth a gold in what they can give you as far as like shedding light on what it is that they really, really want and what they really need and eventually what they really would pay for to get help on. So I think uh, Ryan's ask method is really cool. And he's got some great ideas about using polls and stuff. So you definitely want to pick up his book and read it because there's some really interesting stuff in there that I think you might find interesting. And we, we do the cheap poll way too, right? So there's, there's polling software. There's one that I know of called surveyfunnel.io. It's like $67 a month, which honestly is worth it. If you can segment your audience up and get them all ready to go for a specific challenge. But even if you can't do that, you're like, I don't have the money for that. I don't want to put that kind of money in it. Use Facebook polls or Twitter polls. We used a Twitter poll about what kind of content you guys wanted on this podcast a few weeks back. And that was really super helpful to us to figure out exactly what people thought was most important, right? Yeah. But there's also SurveyMonkey, which has been around forever and it's free. I love using SurveyMonkey. And also another way that I think is so underutilized is Google. You know, when you're in your Google, like when you go to your Google Docs, your Google Sheets and all that, there is a feature in there where you can set up as a form. And when you set up your form, you can have people, you just direct them to it. You, you just have questions you want to ask. I was just filling one out this morning. Somebody was asking for information. It's like, you know, go to this link and fill out and, you know, answer our poll. So there's lots of ways to do it. I love Twitter. I think Twitter polls are so easy to do. I love that you can have it for a day or for five days, however long you want, and use that to ask your own community for help. So yeah, these are all great. I love this, Kami. You're coming up with such great yeah, I stuff. Too. So the other thing that I wanted to kind of end this on is on this idea of how do you get people to respond to you then? You know, because you're, you're talking about getting them to fill out your surveys or getting them to do this, getting them to do that. So one of the things that I want to kind of bring up here too is on your email list, you want to start to train people to respond to you on email. So a lot of the current, you know, modern email programs, when you send it out, if people hit reply, it actually comes back to a person. Now I, I've been on these email chains where, you know, these newsletters where it says, yeah, don't a no reply address or whatever. But I would suggest that you don't have one of those, that you have one where people can reply to you and that you urge them to reply to you and ask them to reply to you on a regular basis and not to ask them to give you anything or buy anything, but also just to say, Hey, you know, ask them really simple questions at first. Like, Hey, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, hit reply on this and say, yes, people do this a lot on, and and maybe it's getting a little bit tired on webinars where they'll say, it's been, it's starting to get over say, now. Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. People say, type into the thing where you're from, Houston. That one works really well. And they'll say, oh, if, yeah. you under, if you believe what I'm saying, if you hear what I'm saying, if you agree with what I'm saying, type yes. You know, and they'll type yes in. 
But the reason they're doing that is the more little um, steps that you can get people to take to like respond to you, the more likely it is that they're going to actually continue to have responses, including sales in the future. So, you know, be careful how you use this. Don't use it, you know, disingenuously, but try to use it to connect with your audience, which is what I would recommend is building community rather than like trying to, you know, twist the community to do what you want them to do. But there is a psychological thing that says the more that people respond to you, the more likely it is they'll continue to respond with you. So definitely make sure that you're in your email, you're not making it a one-way channel because that'll make it much more interesting for people, I think. Absolutely. I mean, you you definitely want them to know there's a you know, genuine person. They can talk to you. You're approachable. You're reachable. What I usually do at the very end of my email, I'll say, because many times you got to give them the directions, mm-hmm. right? So I say, please hit reply to this email and let me know, you know, what can I do to help you? Or I try to change it up with each one. You know, how are you doing today? What do you have going on this weekend? Like, just be very personable. But you could also hit the pain points with that as well. So yeah, asking them to just hit the reply button and dot, 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 whatever you yeah, want to say. Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you, we are out of time. We tend to like just rush through these things and we still have more to say. We just go. So, I, I love it. I think it's so great. It's like the, <laughs> it's a quick 30 minutes just going through all this stuff. But you know, we're sharing such great, valuable information and insights that I know is helping a lot of people. We're getting so much great yeah. response from people with the podcast. And Kimmy, we have a question from a oh, listener. Cool. What I is love that? this. I don't know. I thought oh, you were, okay, were going to tell me. Read it to me. Okay, a- so no. Okay, well, that's awesome. So we do. And I'm going to come in here and read it for you because Madeline stuck it in here. Let me see. Let me read it for you. Okay, here it is. So question from a listener, Kevin and Selmo. And hopefully I said that right, Kevin. I hope so. I think it's right. It sounds right. Um, he asked me two questions, actually. He uh-huh. said... Would be interested to know about Social Media Breakfast of Houston, or he used my hashtag SMBHOU. What's your advice on starting new live networking groups based on your experiences? Thanks. And then he also asked, enjoying your new show for future episode, I'd be interested to learn more about how you launched and handle logistics of the Social Media Breakfast. Okay, so these are very technical questions. He's asking me how to start a live networking group and all the little logistics, like how do you handle all of this? Like, you know, getting these people together, getting them there. And I would love to, uh, to do this. I would like to hear from the audience too, to see if that would be something a lot more of you are interested in hearing. Cause we can add that to our lineup. I can definitely go through it, but I'm going to give yes. a sort of high level answer to this question right now. And that is advice on starting new live networking groups. So one of the things that I would say is again, what we just went through, find who you're trying to help and build something that's going to help them. I know that sounds really redundant, but just do something that's going to help them. And they're going to be very happy with that. And secondly, one of the things that you really must do is that people have to go out of their way to come to your live event. They have to like leave behind kids, spouses, jobs. They have to make a decision to get in their car. They have to go down a highway. They have to come. They have to pay for something, usually like a drink or a food or admission or whatever. So you need to make sure that this thing is packed with value and how you make an event packed with value is that you nurture the community and the community comes to see each other. They don't come to see you. The community does not come to see you. They come to see each other. They want to connect with each other. It's not about you. I totally agree hundred percent with that. And, you know, we talked about this in a previous episode about how, 
you started this based on the mm-hmm. need that you came to Houston and there was nothing else like this. And you decided to just start yeah, in social fact, media. When you were breakfast. saying that there's not really any great aggregators of Twitter chats out there. I, I thought there were a few, but I can go back and look and see in my notes. But the truth of the matter is if there's something that's missing out there and you have the ability to fill that need, please. So somebody that's out there sure. listening right now, if you have the like desire to start that, start we would be happy to support you. So let us know. But Kevin, yeah, that's a great question. And really that starting new live networking groups, you have to overcome a lot of inertia to get those to be popular and and good. And I would say social media breakfast of Houston has become that because the community really does care about each other. And people say, hey, I want to go see Madeline, or I want to go see Christy, or I want to go see whoever it is, you know, Eric or Rebecca or whoever it is that's that's coming all the time. They want to come see each other. And that makes it work. The second you make it be about you and what you want and how you want to manage it, I'm going to promise you the thing will die on the vine and people will stop coming. As long as it's about them and you're, you're facilitating the ability for them to be together and you're giving them great value, they're going to continue to come and it's going to grow. And luckily, that's really what's happened with Social Media Breakfast of Houston. Now, as far as all the little logistics and the, the equipment and all the crazy stuff that I have to go through to get it on the online, we'll be happy to cover that in a future episode. And I just want to say real quick to end on that note is the best way to approach this is ready, fire, aim, not ready, aim, fire, ready, fire, aim. You do that very well, Cami. I do it very well because people say, you know, what's, what's the secret? What's the magic sauce? Is ready, fire, aim. Just go for it. Get the idea and go for it. When you did the very first social media breakfast, it probably wasn't perfect, but it worked, right? And then you just kept tweaking it, making it better and better. And you were constantly learning. Just like when I started my very first Twitter Smarter Chat, my very my very first chat was Gigi Chat, which sadly <gasps> last night was the last one. It had a great six-year run. Yeah, go girls. We just shut the doors. Yeah, to our virtual doors shut as of yesterday, August 31st, sad. Sad to say, but it's okay. You know, a great 21 year history and legacy that we will still continue through social media. But when I first started GG Chat six years ago, I didn't know what I was doing. Twitter chats were new, but I knew I wanted to do it. So I, I just did the ready, fire, aim attitude and the mindset. And I learned as I went, and it grew to become one of the largest Twitter yeah, chats so, out there. I mean- I love that advice, Madeline. And hopefully that that answers your question to a little bit, Kevin. And we'll do the rest of your question in a future episode. So we have a action item that we need to put out there because we, yes, we do a call Call to action action. every show, except for the last one that was about the hurricane because the call to action there is just to be a helper. So that's the bottom line on that. So the call to action in this show is... Action! So... Yeah. Did I say I that like well enough? Action. action. So we want you to write your health <laughs> statement, which we talked about at the beginning. And we want you to either tweet it to us, which would be a very big challenge because you have to get it in 140 characters or less. But if you want a little more space, you can go to our show page and you can type it as a comment in our comment section because we'd love to have a comment from you. And, yes. And we, would we love also it. would love for you to go to SpeakPipe, which is something we're going to set up this week for you to be able to go in and like talk it out. So you can go and you can call us up on SpeakPipe, which is just the thing you click on in our show notes and you say your your statement. And the statement is, I help which audience to do what you do in order to get what result. So we want to hear what your statement is. So we challenge you to do that. 
Yeah, write it out for us. You could do multiple tweets. I mean, you could do yeah, like several tweets to get it all out. It would be challenging, Gaming, because they'd also need to put at Cammy Chat and at Madeline and Scar. Support, it probably would be a little bit more challenging. Long. We're going to have to come up. We're going to come. And then we're going to have like a, a hashtag naming contest. I know, but I like it though. If anybody else out there I has like a, I mean, we will like do CTC, but I don't know what if that may be taken. So anyway. Yeah. And I don't know if people know what that means though, abbreviating, but regardless, comment on our show notes page and let us know what is your help statement. We want to hear from you. We, we like do. action and takers. And we will like be very happy if we see that. Trust me, that'll make our whole week. I think we get pretty happy about stuff like yeah. that. So. Anyway, I think that's oh it for this episode. I mean, we covered yeah, exactly. a you guys are- lot. This is this yeah. one of our longer ones, but I think that's okay. I think our, our community loves us and they love us. I think they love Kimmy being they're like they're like a fly on the wall, listening to our conversation, talking about all these things. So I, I think yeah, that's just so, so wonderful. Guys, we hope we see you again next week and let us know what you think about this episode. If you have a question for us. And until then, post all it. Right. Post it, baby. Bye. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.